What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, and MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, and Ease.com and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, and SeatGeek. Download the app, promo code HAM. Now to the segment. Scott Pioli, he said he's the closest thing to Bill Belichick in his experience around Kyle. He has similarities to Bill Belichick. They parallel each other. And, you know, I think there's two ways to look at it. One, that's pretty bold praise, right? That's just comparing to a guy that's won that many Super Bowls. Here's the exact quote. I've never met a coach who reminds me of Bill Belichick as much as Kyle. Remember, for a long, long period of time, Scott Pioli was viewed as, would you say, like Chris Ballard on steroids before he took the Colts job? Like, oh, Chris Ballard. We got to interview Chris Ballard. Oh, we got to get Chris Ballard. It's right. Like, it happens with coaches all the time. Lincoln Riley now for a while. Matt Rule now for a while. It happened with, with Kyle kind of for a couple of years. It happens with McDaniels. It doesn't happen that often with executives, and he was Belichick's right-hand guy for a long period of time, won Super Bowls. And so he he knows Belichick pretty intimately. Do you know he's married, Pioli, to Parcells' daughter? Yeah. So he's pretty, like, he's had a pretty good front-row seat to some high-level dudes in this league. I don't think he's just using that, he's just throwing that at the wall because he just, it sounds good. I've met Pioli. When I was actually at... You were there too, at Fresno State. Uh, Pat, I don't think people in the in the football office knew, but not all of them knew that I was with like because you were the main media guy who's like crushing Pat, you know. And it was whoa, just, I was not crushing Pat. Not I was crushing Pat, scared. but you know, you'd be critical, and you know, small town, kind of elephant in the room, like you know, people would be driving around, and Haberman be taking shots, and you know, Pioli. Th- there was uh, I great. I truly have great respect for Pat, as I know you the, do. The Patriots played the Raiders, and then they played the San Diego Chargers at the time, and they stayed at San Jose State. So Pioli drove over to come scout some players and hang out with Pat. He knew him from back when Pat was with the Browns. And he just showed up. I remember he showed up in a pair of, like, sweats and sandals. 
I was like, God, the Patriots really don't dress up at all. I mean, you just look like a disaster. You know, like an untucked Patriot shirt, sweats, and, and like, uh, you know, plastic sandals. It was just like, God, this guy doesn't give a shit. And, like, I, I put some stock into that praise. I also think, and I thought about this this morning, there is a unique advantage that certain people have in any industry, right? Like, if your dad's Warren Buffett and you go into the financial world, that's going to be part of your vernacular that a different guy that just becomes a finance major finds out he loves it and then becomes great at it. He's going to be behind the eight ball compared to you. I remember when I got into the NFL, it hit me immediately. Like, I don't like football as much as these guys. Hmm. And I'd say I'm on like of the percentile of humans that consume football. I'm near the top. Right. But when you talk about like one percenters in this world, you know, you're a one percenter if you make like 500 grand. Well, there's a big difference between being a one percenter making five hundred grand and like Stan Kroenke being a one percenter, right? So even once you get to the NFL, some of these coaches that love football, like I don't think any head coach in football doesn't love football, but is it their singular focus, their life? And you could say for Belichick, guy, he's coached at the NFL since 1975. His father wrote the first scouting manual on football as he was like an assistant coach at Army when Belichick was in like junior high. Anyone that's read anything about Belichick knows this guy's like he's the ultimate quote unquote football life. Kyle, little different because his dad was an actual NFL head coach, but his dad was a fucking NFL head coach when he was growing up in junior high and high school. Even remember, he was the ball boy when he was 12 years old for the 94 49ers when his dad was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. there is a a way you think and like when I was growing up when I was like 12 years old if I was going to go to work with my dad for the day like I was on spring break he'd have to do something we would go to like the fields to make sure the harvest was going right or like we'd have to swing by the bank and drop off a check you know you going to your dad to whatever he's doing like any human you know well, with your mom you know I'll compare it to what we were just talking about I think if you learn a language when you're three and talk it your whole life, I think you probably know that language differently than somebody who becomes, quote-unquote, fluent in that language at 23 or 33. That doesn't mean the person can't become fluent. That's right. It doesn't mean mean that everybody who learns at 33 can't be better than someone who learned it at three or they can't be fluent or they can't be great. But I do think there's there's just an opportunity for you to know it, just to have it so ingrained in you. You're right. Why I also think it's why coaches like players whose dads are like high school coaches, right? It'd be like a positive on Kellen Moore, where if they all get fired, we'll talk about the Cowboys later. I'm betting on Kellen Moore, just like giving up on football, right? (laughs) Like you're going to be hearing about Kellen Moore's name for a long period of time, whether that's continued to be in the NFL, whether he goes to college. I'd bet he becomes a pretty good coach. I I I feel pretty confident betting on that. He's been around, his dad was a high school coach. They've just been around football their whole life. There is a huge difference, though, to me, like the high school guy and the NFL guy. I mean, Kyle has been around. There's a numbness to just, yeah, it was just like I was handing Steve Young balls at practice. I was just, John Elway used to throw me passes when I was in high school. I used to go into the, like, for drafts. Leading up to the draft, I used to go in with my dad to the office on Saturday just to watch like a handful of prospects just to catch up on. And then we'd, you know, hit the trainer room and, 
you know, get a lift. I, I don't know. There's just a an experience that, like Tiger Woods. Why was he so ready for the Masters at 19? Well, he'd been playing in legit tournaments since he was like eight years old. He had been entering the best of the, like he played in a PGA tournament when he was 16 years old because of all the work he'd put in previously. Like everyone, I remember when Shanahan got the job as an offensive coordinator with Houston. People were like, God, he's a little young. At the time, yeah. he was like 28. But And it was like, is Kubiak just doing this because he's Shanahan's guy? Do you know what it turns out? I bet Kubiak would say he's probably the most unique late 20s coach I've ever seen. Like he was just talking about shit that I'm a former player, backup. When I was in my late 30s, I wasn't quite thinking of it like that. Right? And I always see like, well, these other guys have been putting in the time. Yeah, well, Kyle would say I've been putting in the time since I was five. Like it's my life. This isn't this isn't a passion project. Like this is all I think about all the time. And I do think there are similarities there with Belichick. Like he he's all consuming, you know. Which again, I don't relate to. You don't relate to. Most humans don't relate to. When it, just talking about the one's football. Like my problem is I just like other sports a lot. I like doing other shit. I get bored of football sometimes. Like I can't just watch all 22 tape. It's like, fuck, I'd rather look at Twitter. Like it puts me to sleep. It doesn't put Kyle to sleep. It invigorates him. Yeah, but you still have to be... I don't know. Yeah, like then, I... there, then there are a bunch of other... You can't just watch tape. Like All coaches watch tape. Well, but... So he was around a really good leader. Mike was clearly a really good leader, right? Strong personality. I would say... Uh, when you watch Kyle talk, clearly he is somewhat reserved, but you can see the sense of humor he has. I don't know if you saw him in the locker room after the game on Sunday night, but he's just, he knows how to, he's, he said to him, basically, he's holding the game ball. He's like, now I didn't plan this, but I just gave it a little bit of thought. And like the whole room gets quiet and he's like, and you guys get victory Monday and they go nuts. You know, nothing makes a locker room go nuts more than giving them a Monday off. But just the way he delivered it, he clearly knows how to talk to a room of guys. And I think part of that has to be that that's where I also think being his father's son is probably really advantageous. Just understanding, particularly as a guy who was not an NFL player. And we talk about this more like in basketball or baseball than we do in football. I think there's more coaches in football who weren't high level NFL players. But still, Kyle knows what the perception probably is, right, from someone who doesn't know anything about him. You're here because of your dad. But you don't get this far because of your dad. You might get an opportunity. Um, so I think from that standpoint, like he learned pretty early how to just talk to players, how to be around players, what they need from you in order to give you respect. That's probably the first hurdle. And I, and the greatest advantage he has in that is that he's really, really good. <laughs> like that's his greatest advantage. On a lower level... Now, we'll see if Kyle can accomplish what Rex accomplished. He went to multiple AFC Championship games, had the number one defense in the New York with the Jets, beat Belichick in a playoff game. Like, people talk about Rex like he's kind of a village idiot. You and I have kind of always defended him. And again, I'm not acting like he's Belichick. But look at Rex. He grew up around Buddy, who was known at the time as like one of the best defensive coaches in the 70s and 80s, was the defensive mastermind of the 85 Bears, wasn't there just a built-in advantage for Rex? Even as and Rex was much more of a fuck around guy, and clearly Rob too when they were young. Maybe even talked about it, but they were just around players, around defense, around scheming. 
And then on top of that, like clearly Rex is higher level than Rob. Like Kyle feels higher level than both. Just from a maturity standpoint, just the way he carries, conducts himself. To me, you just... And the other thing, like, Buddy wasn't a great head coach. I just Googled Mike Shanahan. Even despite his shitty time in Washington, he is 170 and 138. He won eight playoff games. He played in 14 playoff games. So, I mean, you're talking about a high-level coach. Not like made the playoffs once. Playoffs several years, Super Bowls, tons of regular season wins, countless double-digit win seasons. Like, you... You can have an outlier year, right? The one year we won 11 games, we won a playoff game. But if you coach for 10 years, can you make the playoffs six or seven times? Can you win? Can you get to one Super Bowl, right? Can you do just consistency of winning? So there is like his dad was a high, high level coach. Well, ultimately was undone, I think, in Denver with some of his power stuff. And that's. I, I, maybe Kyle can learn from that, right? Remember Maurice Claret, he drafted him and that failed. And then there was a quarterback situation that kind of fucked him up. Did he draft Jay Cutler? I think he did. And then Josh got rid of him the next year, remember? Um, I mean, look, three-time Super Bowl champion Steve Belichick is going to have an opportunity, right? The question is, is he a hard enough worker? Is he a smart enough coach? But he's going to have the opportunity. Would you say that it's a borderline lock that Steve Belichick will get head coaching offers before he's 38? He's like 30 right now. Well, he's 34. Oh, he is? Well, is he? Maybe right. Maybe he's already. No, no, no. He's 32. I thought he was a couple years younger. Yeah, he's 32. So I don't know if it's quite. What what age did you say? I said 40 before 40. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, again, it'll come back to. There will have to be other where it will uh, will another coach who leaves Bill to become a head coach then try to hire Steve as one of his coordinators, right? I mean, this is kind of what eventually Kyle had to leave the nest, and he had impressed enough people along the way because so many people respected Mike and work with Mike. Steve is gonna. There's a million college and NFL assistants I'm sure that come through in the off season and watch film, or Bill goes there and Steve goes with them, so he's gonna have the opportunity to impress people. You know, he was Greg Schiano's long snapper in 11. I didn't know that. I, did, I, I knew that, yeah. Honorable mention, all-league lacrosse player in high school. I would say for him, Kyle never went to the nest, remember? He started away, and then they linked up later. Where, could he just get a head job from his dad? I, I would say, would you agree that... Josh McDaniels is be, his O.C.? It would be hard to see him getting a job just from Bill. He probably would have to go be someone's defensive coordinator and do a good job, and then if one year he'd get hired, right? If like the Cowboys, yeah. I mean, unless, here's the one scenario, right? McDaniel's is gone. Bill is retiring. Bill tells the Crafts, "Steve's your guy." Don't you do that if you're the Crafts? Yes, you do it, right? Because Bill has nailed. So many decisions in the history of your franchise. And you'd like to think Bill's been pretty heartless in all his decisions. I would if he didn't think Steve th- could do it, would he tell you Steve could do it? Probably not. I, 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 if McDaniels was gone, I think you could justify keeping Steve Belichick and have Belichick just be like the consultant. 
right? It'd just be a tandem of Belichick. Do you think Bill can tell, do, tell me Bill one can person. If you said, if you did a poll right now, you said you can just go with Josh McDaniels when Belichick retires and Bill just leaves. And Bill just severs ties in terms of like he's no longer going to be helping them out. Or you can name Steve Belichick. Bill will continue to live in the area and be a quote-unquote consultant and help him out along the way with player acquisition and shit. But Steve will be the head coach. I think the average New England fan would be like, all right with Belichick. Yeah. Because I would. I'd be like, McDaniels did pick Uberflus. He was right about that guy. He was. Uberflus has been a good hire. For Josh McDaniels. For Yeah, now Frank Reich. Crazy. That's the crazy part about football. I remember it was like, God, Uberflus is getting screwed over. Well, you know, when you're good, it turns out like people just keep you. Now, he didn't really have a choice there because he was already under contract, but I'm just saying, like, Frank's like, God, this guy's really good. Why would I even – who else am I going to hire? Right. I do think for Belichick, it'd be hard – and I don't blame Steve. Like, I'm really going to leave the Patriots as long as my dad's here and we're kicking the shit out of everybody to go just prove myself. Like, like I'm life's pretty good. So, but who, I, I, so, some people would probably push, like, that's the move you need to make to really separate yourself. Who are the other guys, if we said who's the closest thing to Belichick? I mean, Sean. Just who are the best coaches in the NFL? Sean Payton. Pete Carroll. Yeah, I, Sean McVay was on that level, but not for long. I, well, I think, so. there's the, I think there's the four older guys right behind Belichick that are kind of in their own crew, right? I would put Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, and John Harbaugh. You could... You know, yeah, I mean, now comment. you're talking about resume. Like, who would you really hire to coach your football team? Would you go Harbaugh as fast as you would go Sean Payton? To me, re- like, really, really, it's Would like you take Sean- Andy Reid over John Harbaugh? Yes. Put him in order. Well, I, I need you to be able to co- call one of the sides of the offense or defense. So. so would you go Sean Payton after Bill? Yes. And then would you Probably go Pete. Andy ahead of... Well, you just said you need him well, to call I mean, something. Pete, Pete basically calls the defense. Okay, too. so then you'd so go I, Pete, you, and then Andy, or or vice versa, and then Andy. Well, that because that John. would be the, the that would be the thing with John and Tomlin. Well, it's like you don't call the offense, you don't call the defense. You are great motivators, Mike. You're just the coolest looking coach. But fucking Harbaugh's king of swords, you know, at halftime. But again, just, like go back to really what Pioli's talking about. He's talking about the Belichick. Well, what is Bill? Bill is genius. in charge of everything. Okay, Harbaugh does not pick the players in Baltimore. No. Andy does. Pete could. Pete does. Andy really doesn't anymore. But but, I know, but but I just mean like, if if there's a power struggle over players, like Andy has the power. (laughs) Like Andy, part of the reason he doesn't is because like he has learned how to do it, right? And then he's got some good guys with him. Same Same for Pete. Like he trusts John Schneider, but... Really, if it came time to drop in the hammer. And that's Kyle's kind of in that position where it's like, are we going to get to the point where it's like, yeah, we, yes, Kyle could do whatever he wants, but he does let John let. I feel funny saying that, but like John Lynch clearly, and I would say even to this point, John Lynch clearly has had an impact on who they've signed, who they've drafted, particularly like the Ruben Foster situation, right? Like that was a guy you say liked. The, wouldn't you say the biggest key, and I think Belichick, that's where I'd say Belichick's a little bit of an outlier. His knowledge, like his dad wrote the scouting manual. Where I think Kyle would be closer to like a Pete or Andy, where if he can trust the John Lynch-Adam Peters combo to help him out, he'll be in really good shape. 
Bill, to me, is this all-time outlier that doesn't need any help. Like, literally, if Casario had never existed, if Pioli had never existed, I don't think much would have changed. Where I do think Pete, Pete would even tell you, and there have been articles written about it, when John said, we should take Russell Wilson, his first reaction was like, that little guy? Right? He had to be talked in by John. And it's, I would imagine, 10 years later, Pete would say it's the best thing I've fucking ever done. Because you'd say in the history of his quarterbacks, right, the shortest quarterback Pete ever liked at SC was Barkley. And he was like 6'2 and a half, 6'3. And he was kind of a, like liner huge. Booty was huge. Like Sanchez is tall. They were recruiting prototypical guys. And I think Andy, I would say Andy and Peyton, because they're offensive guys, when you're a defensive guy, you're a little more, we need tall corners. We need pass. Like you have sp- position specific shit. Where, where offensive guys are like, well, if that guy can catch touchdowns, I'll throw it to Taysom Hill, or I'll throw it to Tyreek Hill, or I'll throw it to Deshaun Jackson, or I'll throw it to Ted G- They don't give a shit. They just want to score points. Where on defense, it's hard to have a press corner who's 5'8". Right. It's just not going to work. So I think you think about it, and Belichick's like this too. They're a little, and Saban's huge into this, like position-specific shit. Where offensive coaches can be a little open-minded just naturally. Because it's like, well, our speed guy is going to be tiny. If our quarterback can get it done, I don't care how tall he is. You know, they just, it's different. I think you think about the game a little differently. And that's, maybe the better comp would be Kyle's an offensive Belichick. Because it is different. Now, wouldn't you say Belichick is pretty open-minded with his players on defense? Like, Winovich. He's like, that doesn't. Winovich is not exactly the prototypical pass rusher. But Bills is like, this guy can play. Yeah, but the second you watch him play football, you'd be like, We've talked about this. Like, oh, really? Winovich ended up with the Patriots? Stunner. But, but I just mean in a vacuum, you just watch Winovich sure. and go, that's, he's a really good player. But then you see, like, he's barely 6'2", you know, he's a white guy. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that guy's going to be a Patriot. But he's just a good football player. Well, I think a lot of teams in the NFL probably liked Winovich, and they just end their report with, he's just not a fit for our team. Because he's not big enough, he's not... A lot of, a lot of teams do that. They just have physical requirements where I think if you wanted to use a basketball analogy, you know, like, do you see this a lot now when you call college games that it's become really positionless or is college still pretty like set in stone with one through five? Uh, no, I mean, it's definitely more, there's a lot more switching defensively trying to switch one through five, but I would say there is also, there are some guys that are just like, like even this year right now in the pac 12, there are some really good bigs now they're they're not plotters like they're athletic guys so but they yeah, will throw coaches to him in the and let them eat yes but coaches definitely have tried it's just it's hard <laughs> it's harder yeah because i that would be kyle would just be a really open-minded and that's probably bill's greatest strength as he is because you would say pete carroll has a legitimate defined defense where bill does not and, and, and bill changes kyle does week. Kyle has an offense. Yeah, I would love to see Belichick against the Niner run game, right? Would you like, like to see Patriots and Niners? Do you think that would do pretty good numbers? Yeah, I, I think it would I think it would do well. I think it would do well. So, I, I do think what's good for people like us that are like, I'm telling you, I think Kyle's really good. I think Kyle's really good. But you get to like year three, well, eventually you got to win. And that's what good coaches do. He... I think he hasn't just won this year. He's kind of kicked the shit out of people, right? And that's just one of his first year of, like, next year. Let's say they, 
get a one or two seed, they win a game, and they lose in the NFC Championship. Well, next year there's going to be expectations, but as long as he goes double-digit wins in the playoffs, like that's being Belichick. Every year, be in the mix. Every year, be in the mix. Now, the AFC, a little like the East in basketball historically, is a little easier because of his division. Like, you're not going to win, even like you see the Chiefs this year. Like, winning 12, 13 games every year, it's really not normal. And I'm as big of a Belichick Patriot defender as anyone, but they do have a built-in advantage with their division for the most part. Has consistently had two of the three teams he's playing have been shitty on given years, right? Right. He rarely has where, you know, two of the three are competitive. Two of the three have been bad. And then even the good one typically is like a flawed good. It's like, yeah, the Bills are going to be 10-win team, but they can't score on offense. And Frank Gore at 40 years old is their starting running back. Right. Like, well, I'll take my chances. Like, the Niners are getting – their third worst team is the fucking Rams, who by the time you listen to this might have won or might have lost that Monday night game. But they got a ton of good players. And if your worst team is Kyler Murray, like it's, the Niners' division is going to be difficult for a couple years, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard to be consistently five and one in the division, let alone four and two. They could have a year where they go ten and six and go three and three in the division, right? Because wouldn't you say one of these years and with Kyler, like Arizona's getting some of these teams? I actually think it might happen down the stretch. Could Arizona get Seattle or, or L.A.? It's just a unique matchup. It's not. They're not. I don't look at them like a shitty team, like I do the. No. Dolphins or the Redskins. They're just... They have a dangerous quarterback, right? Yeah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.